Kerpow! Thank you for joining me today on the first ever Sometimes Spouse podcast. I am Christy Ogle. I am one of the founders of Sometimes Spouse. And I want to tell you how it all began. It was 2013. It was a spring evening. I had just had a glass of wine and I was at the softball fields. She slid into second base. Snap. She was only 12 years old. My daughter, Abby. She slid into second base, stealing her first base of her first softball game ever. She had a look of determination on her face that turned into a look of excruciating pain. The fans in the bleachers started yelling, that little girl just broke her ankle. Being a supportive parent, I told myself, she's fine. There's no blood. She's going to stand up. Get up, baby doll. Get up. She didn't. The umpire waved my husband in as she screamed in agonizing pain. The entire crew looked for a way to secure her leg and ankle. There were limited options in rural Texas. The umpire coaches and my husband secured her leg with PVC pipe and electrical tape. We lived in rural Texas where the closest hospital was 30 minutes away. They all loaded her into the truck where we all watched in horror as this beast of a child, a 12-year-old, melted into a baby girl, wanting nothing more than her mama to hold her. I watched feeling powerless, knowing there was nothing I could do to help my baby girl. I was on the sidelines making arrangements for somebody to take care of my 14-year-old daughter and 13-year-old son. We had to take our baby girl to the hospital and the bed of our pickup truck, and there was no one else to sit for them. I trusted strangers with my other two children who turned out to be lifelong friends. We were on our way to the hospital when I was trying to make Abby laugh because that was one thing I could do for her. I quickly remember her, remembered that my buzz was gone. I had drank a glass of wine before the softball game in celebration. And to be honest, it was a 32-ounce glass. Uh, I was a softball mom. That's why I like softball. It's because I could drink before. And I was proud of the way she played, but the injury had ruined my buzz. I remember I would be... I promised her I'd be sober before we arrived at the hospital. She laughed through her tears. We joked the rest of the way to town with moments of tears because of the excruciating pain for my 12-year-old. The pain was intense. We arrived at the hospital and found out quickly that her leg was dislocated. It wasn't really broken. It snapped out of place, just at the growth plate where it was supposed to join with another bone. It was a clean dislocation, but they had to pop it back in place. The doctors tried to snap it back into place, but the pain was too much. They scheduled her for surgery the next morning, and Abby had to spend the night. Max, my husband, had decided to stay with her while the coach's wife offered to drive me home. Thankfully, when I arrived home, the other two children had not burnt the house down, and they were both alive. That was a win for the night. 
I woke up the next morning after minimal sleep and headed to the hospital where they took Abby from the room. I realized I needed to call into work and explain to them what had happened. I called my boss to ask permission to take the day off to spend with my daughter while she was in the hospital. However, my boss told me, being not a parent herself, that she needed me to finish up the work from the day before. She listened and never offered a word of condolences or assurance. I said, my daughter's getting wheeled into surgery right now. I don't have time to take care of those notes from yesterday. I'll get them in tomorrow. She said, while she's in surgery, make sure and get those notes in from yesterday. I was shocked. What did she just say? I just had to ask this woman permission to spend the day with my daughter in the hospital that was getting wheeled into surgery. And this woman had told me, go ahead and keep doing the work. What? That is insane. You should never have to ask somebody permission to live your life and especially to put your family first. Let me explain to you what kind of occupation I had. It was, I was not a brain surgeon. I was not a nurse. It wasn't that important, the notes that I was fitting in. I was a service coordinator in an ad uh, agency. Uh, it did not need immediate documentation. I was a service worker. I'd worked there for over eight years and had never been reprimanded. I was actually a star service coordinator. I'd worked for the state of Texas and trained other service coordinators how to help people with intellectual disabilities to make their dreams come true. I trained other service coordinators. Getting my notes in late one day was not that big of a deal. But I was an expert at my job, and I did it. I was not a slacker by any means. I helped people throughout the state to better their lives and their families. I opened a world that had been closed for years in their lives. I loved my job. I worked with kids from two years old to 86, and their families got helped them get what they needed. I saw these individuals had greatness within them, something that the families and the world had forgotten about. Every single person has a special gift to share with the world, and I was helping them find them, no find it, no matter what their IQ was. I'd also found my job soulmate, Crystal Stewart. When Crystal first started, she was seated in front of me in the office. I terrorized her for months before we became best friends. She would try to go on visits with me, and I would tell her people don't like her. I'm so sorry for being that way with her in the beginning, but it made her tough. Crystal joined what I call, coined the C-suite, and months later, we became best friends forever. And we've been inseparable ever since. I like to brag that I am the longest relationship in her life other than with her mother, father, and sister. To this day, I demand she have more pictures of me in her office other of, than anyone else, as, other than my niece, Rayleigh. Crystal and I eventually started cheering in office again, and it was over from there on out. No one had a chance. It was Christy and Crystal forever. A bond like no other had begun to form. The kind of bond others get jealous of because they don't understand the connection. Soul sisters. The kind of relationship we are, we're in together no matter what. Thick and thin. In trouble together. I was lucky to find this kind of friendship at 30 years old. Most people go their entire lives and never find a person like her. But I was lucky. Not to mention how extremely golden she, has, she was to find me. I love this job at the local agency. I was so fortunate to help others find their gifts in life. I could see children 
born, bringing their light into the world and the impact on the world. But the worst part was that I also saw that light extinguished time after time because they succumbed to illness. It was heart-wrenching watching those beautiful souls go dull with few knowing their beautiful souls were here. I loved each and every one of these individuals and it broke my heart when they perished. A little part of me was dying inside each time that they passed. I had given my all to this job, but at the moment I needed a little support when my baby girl was in surgery, getting hacked into by a stranger. It wasn't there. I'm not saying what happened to me or my family was even in comparison to what had happened to other families. I did, however, realize life was short and you can't live it for everyone else. I needed to put my family first. I decided after I hung up that phone that I was going to put my all into my little business, sometimes spouse. The little business my husband, best friend, and I had created not too long before. And I would never answer to a boss again. And I would never ask permission to live my life. I wouldn't ask permission to go to lunch. I wouldn't ask permission to take my family on vacation. I wouldn't ask permission to go to a funeral. I decided in that moment I was going to take my control into my family, control of my family's life and put family first. My husband and I discussed building the business over the next 21 days and him leaving his full-time job and he was the breadwinner. We set a plan into motion that day why baby girl was in surgery. Luckily, Abby came out of surgery and did not have to have screws put into her ankles. They were able to snap the bone back into place. I know, it sounds painful. She could, she would make a full recovery. She went home that afternoon and was back at school the next day. Abby did have a cast on and couldn't play softball for about six weeks. But other than that, she was great. This kid is amazing. She never took pain medicine again after that day of the injury. She worked hard and was able to play in the final two games of the season where she got injured again by being hit by the ball. But she was good. No blood, no cast, no broken bones, just a bruise. I also learned a few important things from this incident. Number one, don't drink at your daughter's ball games. I haven't since that day. I don't even drink anymore. (laughs) It's kind of embarrassing. You never know when an injury-prone kid is going to be rushed to a hospital. Uh, And number two, positives come out of all negatives. Life happens for you, not to you.